Today on The Breakdown, you know, there's a lot of hype in the world. Not here. We give it to you straight. I'm only going to tell you real things today. So some days I may say, you know, there's four players left in this World Series event, which there are. And uh, I might say, oh, and there's so much money left to be won. But guess what? There's still $1.4 million left to be won. So there is, okay? I didn't lie this time. I told the truth this time. I sometimes say, oh, yeah, these are some of the best players in the world. Oh, they're so good. I don't mean it usually. I'm definitely lying. But not this time, guys. This time it's Michael Adamo. Oh, yeah, that Michael Adamo. Not, not some other dude named Michael Adamo. To be clear. It's not Mike Adamo from, like, you know, Queens. It's Michael Adamo from Australia who's been tearing up the circuit and is on one of the hottest runs we've ever seen. And Sam Savrel, who you may not know what to look at him, but he's the number 12 GPI player in the world and has a lot of strong results, and his game, at least, is respected by many. We'll get into the other stuff, I'm sure. There's another player at the table who I'm sure we're going to talk about, too, even though there's only four left in this 100K event, and it's Sean Perry, because we love to make fun of him. Oh, it's going to be a great time here on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. You just like to make fun of Sean Perry because you're a jerk? What's, what's the deal? Well, I'm glad you asked, Grant. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. So you may say, yeah, what the heck? Make fun of Sean Perry. But a few things. Uh, first of all, Sean Perry was famously, and if you Google his name, boy, is it going to come up a lot, uh, called out by Daniel Coleman as scamming him. He, Daniel Coleman believes he was scammed by Sean Perry in a fantasy sports, a series of fantasy sports bets that they had for like, you know, I believe it was hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, it has not been proven, to be clear, that that is correct. And if I recall, there was some back and forth. But most people involved, on Dan Coleman's side at least, felt that uh, Sean Perry was a big part of that. He's the guy who introduced Dan Coleman to the dude who he ended up uh, doing all these fantasy sports bets. And it seemed like the two of them were in league against Coleman and sort of scamming him in some way. I don't know if that's actually true. But I do know one thing that I would like to share. When this all came out, Dan Coleman on May 7th wrote a, uh, wrote a tweet about all this stuff, including he wrote, quote, it's extremely likely Sean Perry is a scammer. Do not bet with him. You can look it up very easily if you want to find it, get more details. But Dan Zach, everyone's favorite, Danny Zach. Danny Zach. Uh, we're just jumping right into this stuff. So Danny huh? Zach's in the already peps? Yeah. He said, um, he said, have always wanted to share this story because it's one of the funniest moments I've experienced in live poker, but always considered it too mean to share Seems appropriate now. Now, I think I've actually read this story before on this show, but it's been a solid, you know, forever. And who cares? It's too good not to share again. We're doing it. I'm excited to revisit this is a This is a player that's not going to be in his hand, right? I mean, he's going to get dealt cards. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you, you said, why, why are you picking on Sean Perry? So I had to explain. No, I, I'm glad you're doing it. It's you fun. You forced me to explain. All right. Here's, the, here's what Dan Zach wrote. Playing a big game at Commerce a few years ago, Sean was winning a big number and was bragging to the table about how high his hourly was and that he was the smartest person at the table. Already just just I mean that's not cool. So much. Uh, a lawyer at the table perked up as he was buried and saw an opportunity. He slid out one hundred thousand dollars in front of Sean and offered a bet that he didn't have the highest IQ at the table. Sean initially declined, saying, "Of course, not everyone will take one," meaning an IQ test. But lawyer goes around the table, and everyone agrees that if they bet $100,000, that we will take the IQ test. Sean backs down. And now lawyer changes offer to Sean being not in the top three. 
Sean eventually declines. You can see how Sean, like, in his mind, declines right away, but it feels like he has to save face. It takes yeah. a solid five to ten minutes to decline, right? Like, slowly getting to that. Now lawyer changes offer, saying Sean is bottom three. Sean once again pauses for a while before declining. Finally, lawyer pushes another $100,000 forward and says $200,000, says he is in last place. Sean doesn't say another word for the night. I mean, it's one of the greatest, one of the greatest stories I've ever seen. That's a really good. That's a really good story. It sounds fake. But it does. But Dan Zach wrote it, and I don't believe anyone disputed it. Uh, Max Silver replied, by the way, the next day, oh, cool, the Sean Perry supervillain origin story. <laughs> Just like, pretty right on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, someone else wrote, I was there. Uh, so n- no one seems to be disputing it. Someone said, I know the lawyer. The story is 100% true. And that guy is sharp slash shrewd, but not so great at poker. So, Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That is really something to just take someone down so hard. That said, yeah. he is here with four remaining in this yes. World Series of Poker 100K. He has some poker chops. He also, he you, you said, played pretty well in high-stakes poker. You've recently watched some high-stakes poker. I admit, I would, based on knowing these things about him, I do root against him. I, I watched him play on high-stakes poker season eight, which is, of course, on Poker Go, and, uh, and I was really expecting him to play bad because most people were playing pretty badly, and he did not. I don't know that he played great, but he played fine, and no, nothing I could, like, you know, be like, ha ha, you suck. I couldn't do it. Yeah. Which was really, which was really annoying. I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he, the scammer thing is obviously not fully vetted. We don't know that for sure. That's correct. We don't really like Dan Coleman has the respect of the poker community, but we don't really know how good his word is on that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just one person saying that, but you know, the beginning of that story shows a person that is not very likable, bragging about exactly. how much how much his hourly is and how he's so smart. When he's up a lot at the yeah. table, like how he's the smartest person at the table, like shit like that. I just want to slap people who do stuff like that. Yeah. So this is a better. This is way better than slapping someone. Yeah. Like this ends them. You know, like yeah. in front of all those people forever. Like he can't really come back. Now the story's out. Like I want to play at, the, at a table with Sean Perry because I notice whenever he's at a table, he's always chirping. Yeah. He talks a lot, and it's super annoying, and it's like really easy to shut him up now. I know the story, right? <laughs> like so, so easy to shut him up. Yeah. So I love that. So he's the son of Ralph Perry, who yes. is most famous for Tony G berating him. I don't know if he's uh, most famous to us, at least. Who who knows of Ralph Perry besides that? Didn't he like uh, he didn't win the main event, right? But he had no. some, he had some big uh, he had some big career. I think. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going ahead. You don't think so? You're going to be shocked. So about <laughs> the Tony G clip, those of you who know it, know it well, of course, where yeah. Tony G kind of goats Ralph Perry into calling off in a tournament with King High when Tony G has ace deuce. And then Tony G goes in this whole rant. He's like, you're supposed to be a professional. You let me do this to you. You let me do this to you. And you're supposed to be the professional. And he's like, it's really, really mean. It's so but, mean. And Ralph Perry's like such a quiet, at least from what we see, quiet, seemingly nice, fine guy. There's no reason to go after him. Yes, but... This might shine new light on it, right? That the fact yeah. that his son is such a, a person derided by the poker community and not enjoyed by others. Is it possible that that Ralph Perry enters the Helmuth sphere where Tony G is validated in his behavior against him? And we just don't see that side of Ralph Perry in in all of the clips that we've seen? It's at least possible. Okay, Ralph Perry in May 2002 finished third in the main event. Okay. Uh, for $550,000. So I think Ralph Perry would say, I am known for that, you fucks. But to people like us, that's, that's not necessarily the case, of course. He has some other nice wins. He was a professional for a long time, right? Not according to Tony G. Not according to Tony G. But in real life, he was. I mean, 
almost all of his Hendon is like pre-2010, but that's okay. You know, yeah. the, he did very nicely. He has lots of big scores pre-2010 and no real big scores post-2010. But again, what are you going to do? Yeah. Life is hard. Anyway, um, so that's the Sean Perry story. But let's, let's talk about these other guys because there's also Sam Savrell. Yeah, I mean... Your favorite. <laughs> I, I mean, we've talked about him before, too. Yeah. This is a, a high-level table and, I guess, a table of people who are not liked by their peers. You know, Sean Perry is not liked by his peers. No. At least some of Sam Sovereign's peers certainly do not like Sam Sovereign and think clearly. he's an angle shooter. Very clearly, people do not all like him, yeah. I would say. Um, f- most famously from the World Series event from 20... 2018 or 20, something? Yeah, or 2019, I think it was. Okay. Even where he folded out of turn, um, where he opened... They were four-handed, I think, at this final table, World Series final table. He opened... Uh, somebody shoved the big blinds. The next guy folded. The big blind was then thinking, and it was like... A, it was Ben Heath, actually, was thinking. He had, it was a 31-blind shove. He had ace-queen suited. He was trying to decide what to do. And then he threw in a time extension, and Savril threw his hand away. Savril did it really well. It actually looks like... You know, he sort of sees out of the corner of his eye that he throws something. It looks yeah. like he folds, and Savrel's folding too. But then Ike Haxton wrote a tweet saying he does this all the time. Yeah, and like this is definitely an angle, and it's like makes it now Ben Heath can call when Ben Heath has. Turns out Ben Heath's hand was good enough; he probably was going to call anyway, but not necessarily. Thirty-one blinds, guy behind you. Uh, it's not. It's not obvious, you know. Um, and so Heath calls. Easily now, of course, and then bust the guy. Yeah, and it's like, is that okay? I mean, well, and it wasn't just the one thing, right? It's not like that no, happened once. Of course, and, yeah, it's no, uh, that would be fine if it was one. Like somebody else in the high six community chirped in and said, like, yeah, Sam is really well known for really taking his time finding his table during a table break when he uh, yes. knows he's going to be in the big blind, you know, stuff like that. A lot, a lot of people came out of the woodwork after this, sort of like taking little shots at him, and yeah. they were people who, you know, seemed to have no obvious axe to grind except like. They're kind of annoyed at him because he sucks in their mind. Yeah. I don't know if he does or not, to be clear. But, but that's his that's his rep with around guys like us, you know. And, and of course, you and me as tastemakers in poker, of course, big time influencers. Uh, we then set the the tone for you know the general poker poker public and their perception right. of Sam Savrel. I mean, it's just how it is when you get people enough of a population, and especially people who are like high level intellect people who are really goal driven, you're going to get some assholes in there for yeah, sure. Of course. Like, that's just what you're going to get in a high stakes community. I think, I mean, I could see someone like, and I don't know where Sam really's head is at and what he does and doesn't do. I just saw that one play once in everyone's comments, but I could see Sam sort of saying to himself or someone like Sam, even, you know, where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm as good as kind of all these other guys, like yeah. he's 12th in GPI. Like we see him at these final tables pretty regularly. He's clearly very good. Yes. Um, and maybe he thinks to himself, if I'm willing to just, just on the margins, you know, do things that other people aren't willing to do that are barely legal, it might be enough yeah. to take me from being, you know, a guy in the top 20 of this group to being like a top three guy. Like right. that may be enough. And I, like, c- I can see that I being a reasonable thought process from a gamer perspective. Yeah. You know, like I'm trying to, what, what is my tiny edge? Because the edges at this stage are so small. Right. Except for Michael Adamos, which is immense for n- no discernible reason other than he's just the best ever. Right. It's, it's weird how yeah. good he is. It may be Bonomo, too, but still. Uh, but from Savrel's point of view, he could even say that everything's within the rules. If I do anything that's a problem, they penalize me for it. Like, it's okay. It's sort of like fouling someone in, po- in basketball, right? Like, uh, fouling is against the rules, but there's a ref there, and they blow the whistle, and then there's a penalty for it. Like, what's, it's the same thing in poker. Yeah. Like, it's okay. 
Like, I could see you that get away side. with what you can get away with. I could see that side of the argument. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. I don't feel that way personally, but I'm also not in his shoes, right? Either where like it's a it's got to be a high pressure, really tough grind, and you know you might say to yourself, yeah, being willing to be that guy is what makes me better. That actually is my edge. I would guess he probably is in the top three at that table of IQs. Yes, most I would likely. guess so. Not just IQs, all the things. Yeah, pretty much everything. He's probably in the top three of. Most assholy, probably. Yeah, in the top three, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Could be. There's I mean, only Sean, four guys. Sean Perry's... No, I'm talking about at the... Not not at this table. At oh. The, if you put him in Ralph, uh, Sean Perry's seat at that other table oh, with a lawyer story. Oh, oh, Yeah, I don't know. But he's probably top three IQ without yeah. really knowing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so here we are. There's four left. It's the 100K buy-in. They've locked up some serious money, of course. They've locked up $590,000 already. There's 1.9 and almost one, almost two million dollars going to first place. There's 1.2 going to second. There's 831,000 going to third. So, from an ICM perspective, while there is significant money between fourth and third, if you're doing it right, you should still be probably playing for second and first because it's a lot more, right? You double you double your win if you just make it to second. You know? Well, these guys are the type of guys who are going to do that correctly more than most populations. Yeah, that said, there's, these are still big jumps, right? Yeah. And so I don't know if that's actually true. I don't know if a guy like sh- any of these guys, actually, except maybe Adamo, is going to... They might care even about, about a few hundred K, a $300,000 jump. It's understandable. It's actually almost a quarter million dollar jump between fourth and third. Like, that's a lot of money. I wonder if Adamo, in the midst of his run, really cares about yeah. that because it's different when you're on a heater. I obviously... Obviously, I've never been on a run like Adamo's on. Nobody ever has been, I don't think. Probably not. But I've been on my little runs in my life where, like, it feels like everything is going right in poker. Mm -hmm. And money money changes in those moments, right? You know, it's like, it doesn't feel like that much. What once felt like a decent chunk of money that you should care about is like, well, I'll just have another opportunity tomorrow. Like, who cares? Well, also, Adamo has won a lot of money recently, right? So here's, here's Michael Adamo since September 17th in terms of his Hendon. Okay? We are currently recording on Thursday, December 16th, 2021. He's got eight caches. Here's the places. Then we'll do the money in a second. Here's the places. First, first, second, first, third, first, first, first. Those are his eight caches. What are the buy-ins? Let's go with that. 50,000, 100,000, 50,000, 300,000, 200,000, 50,000, 15,000, 100,000. Good. Here's the, here's the prizes. So this is leading up to, I'll do them in order, so chronologically. So this is leading up to the, where we are right now. But 680,000, 1.1 million, 322,000, 3.4 million, 544,000, 1.1 million, 219,000. And now here we are on this last one, which I won't say how much he wins. Um, but he's obviously going to finish in the top four. We know that. It's going to be pretty good. And uh, so, like, to him, a $240,000 jump probably doesn't feel like a whole lot. He's won so much. And, 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 when, he, and when you're in it, you feel like it's going to last forever. That's true. Also, he clearly has a different strategy than a lot of people, that he's playing for first place, very obviously, right? Yeah. Um, the fact that his cash, he has no caches that are, like, 7th, 8th, right. 11th, whatever, you know? Like, some of these bigger buy-ins don't have 11 places. Right. But... You know, he's never min cashing <laughs> ever, ever, ever. He's always, you know, he's literally been top three in every one of these caches and almost always first. He's got a strategy, which is go for the big, go for the home run. Makes sense. It's working great. And I think that's what you're supposed to do in tournaments. And people get so caught up in the ICM that I think it hurts them a lot. Yeah. You know, they, they do like from an expected, from a moment to moment expected value point of view, maybe it's right. But from a metagame point of view, I don't know that it is. Yeah. Like, 
Um, Because if, if, if Adamo knows you're doing that, he can just run over you. Yep. And in fact, people do that, right? right. People run over you, and it's kind of bloody. Bloody. Bloody anyway, Adamo. Let's see if Adamo tries to run over Sam Savrell. Every time we do an Adamo podcast, we've done so many this year. Oh, my God. It's, you know, we're wrapping up 2021 as we speak while we do this. I know this is coming out in 2022, but you know we're in 2021 still. And yeah. We've done, I don't know, what would you guess, 12 to 15 Adamo podcasts this year? I don't know that many, but... There, were, would, on, there were online hands before, before his big run. I know. Anyway, a lot. I'll, just, I'll give you a lot. And I'm not bored of doing them. Are you kidding? I'm the opposite of bored. Yeah. He's awesome to do... I mean... He legitimately might be the greatest sermon player of all time just yeah. from this run. I can't wait to talk about some decisions that happen in this hand that both he and Savril make. I'm fascinated to get into them and see if they're, see what we think. Yeah. Because uh, wow, wow, wow. Hey, one other thing just before we dive deep into the hand. Yeah. So we have, we have Adamo and Savril. I'm just looking at both their hendons right here. You who are the wizard of Hendon. Oh, God. You know everything about it. You always get the Hendon stuff right. I don't think I'm going to What right. are the Hendons for Sam Savril? And Michael Adamo. Okay, so Adamo's been shifting recently a lot. Yes. I know when we did the Jake Schindler Adamo podcast, it was 13 million or 14 million. Okay. So I guess it's 17 and a half. It is 17.7, one for one. Okay. Very impressive. He's 40th all time in the money list. Pretty, pretty good. All right, Sam Savrell. This, this one's going to be hard for me. This is a tougher one. Uh, of course, this is only going to be live in the, the more recent online World Series events, I think, is the only online stuff. That... I'm going to go with $14 million. It's pretty good. $17.5 million also. Oh. Actually, 17.6. He's 41st on the all-time wow. list. So they're right next to each other. Uh, and this is, of course, including their, all their... This is you know, including what happens yeah. in this event. So I'll take Adamo going forward. I'll take Savril. Okay, good. Deal. <laughs> All right. Adamo is not waiting for to like between tables to, to skip the big blind. So you might have an edge there. All right. One last one since we're doing this. Okay. Sean Perry's Hendon. You weren't ready for that. I think he's mostly a cash game player. That's my sense of it. Let's take a look. Uh, he has a reasonable 2020 when he played a lot of tournaments. He played all the poker go tournaments. Right, I'm going to say like. 2.8 million. Not terrible. 4.7. Okay. So not, not that was your first. That was a real big mess yeah. compared to the other two. But that's okay. You're, you're still a god at this. Don't, thank you. Don't, hurt, don't, don't self-harm or anything. Okay. Well, thank you for saying that. <laughs> um, all right. Hey, this hand was suggested by X Ruthino on yeah. Discord. Ruthino is one of the most active Discorders Indeed. we have, and you could join him and us on Discord. There's a link in the description of this podcast to head over to the old Poker as Discord. It's a lot of fun. We post these hands here where you can talk about it. Our solvers will post their work. Wesley Cannon is doing the work on this one. At the end of this podcast, we're going to come back, take a look at what Wesley said, and see how it added up with what we said. Um, We don't know what he said yet, and we have no idea how he's going to figure this one out, but good luck to Wesley. This is Good luck to us, right? This is a lot. This hand is a a big chunk of spaghetti, you know? Uh, Yeah, covered with meatballs. I can't wait. Let's go. Discord is fun for other reasons. Check us out there. Uh, All right. Four remaining. What, uh, just give me the current buy, uh, payout and first place once again. $590,000 is the current payout. Everyone's got that already. First place is $1.958 million. Okay, $2 million. Sorry. Yeah. Could have done that better. $2 million. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, huge, 
Huge amount of money still to be won. Yep. What's the, what are the stack sizes for these guys, and what, what what's going on at the stack table? This table stack wise, uh, Adamo is the massive chip leader, of course, because what, what else would be going on? He starts the hand with nineteen point six million. Sovereign is second in chips with eight and a half million. We're okay. at the three hundred k big blind level. So um, you know everybody's in. Like I could end up all in in this hand besides Adamo because Sovereign second in chips with under thirty bigs. Do we have a sense of how many bigs the other two guys? Yeah, have? they both have about five million. Five million. Okay, so like. Eight seventeen bigs. Yeah. Okay. So so Adamo's a massive favorite entering this hand to win the tournament, as always. Yeah. Okay. Great. All right. Three hundred k big blind. Sovereign is on the button. He's got eight and eight and a half million. So like twenty twenty eight big blinds. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to open to seven hundred twenty five k. Hey, I didn't write down his hand. That's kind of important. I know it's got. He's got king queen, bro. King of clubs, queen of hearts. Okay. Is what he has. He's got king king clubs, queen of hearts. Quick question, because the small blind folds in Adamo's in the big blind. Mm-hmm. Is Savril, is he calling off if Adamo shoves, and should he? I don't think he can call off with king-queen. Because of the stacks being shorter? The stacks are... There's two guys under 20. Getting in 28 blinds here, you're never going to be... You're almost never going to be a huge favor. The only time you're a huge favor is when you've got him dominating. I mean, Michael right? Adamo might just do it with king-six because he's of Michael course, Adamo. Of course, but he's also going to do it with all the aces where now you're a dog. Yeah. He's going to do it with ace-three. It's a problem, right? Yeah. I'd much rather call off with ace-ten, even ace-nine, than king-queen here. Is there a person you would call off king-queen with more frequently than Adamo? Oh, great question. I mean, besides the absolute maniacs. Yeah, the, types, like, take, uh, taking away people who are definitely losing players. In who are this just, spot, yeah. I mean. It's really hard to call off with King Queen again, unless it's a guy who is jamming kind of you know sixty percent of the time or something like that. How do we call off with King Queen? I know I would I wouldn't do I it. I don't think but... you can do it. I don't think Victor Blom. I don't think you can call off against Victor Blom even. You wouldn't expect it. I guess you really can get jammed on. Yeah, I think this is one of those you have to sigh and fold unless he's doing it so much, and then we can be like, I mean, All right, he, I'm just going he with might it. be right. Like he yeah. has nineteen point six million. He always has the the equivalent of nineteen point six million in these spots. He's probably taking all the spots that he sees, all of them. Well, the thing is this, though. Like, 19.6 million is a lot, but if he jams and loses, now Sovereign's the chip leader. All right, but let's go back to your theory that perhaps he is disregarding the ICM and saying, you guys are overfolding because of ICM. Right. This is the perfect scenario for me to jam a ton of my range because of the 5 million chip stacks. No question. Well, let's think about what he's... He's probably jamming then, like, most, if not all aces. Yes. He's probably jamming most, if not all pocket pairs. Yes. He's jamming some king highs. Yeah. Not all. He's jamming some other Broadway combos that include some queen highs. Probably some suited connectors. Probably some suited connectors. So against that range, we're not doing that well. We're doing, at best, we're coin flipping and probably worse. I guess. In fact, definitely worse because of all the aces and all the pairs. We're doing worse. We haven't dominated sometimes, for sure. Some of the kings are absolutely going to be shoving that we're going to be crushing. Yep. And queen 10, maybe even queen 9 suited, maybe queen 8 suited if he's really feeling himself. I don't know if he'd really shove queen 8 suited. I think he's probably calling that. But queen 10 suited, he really might jam. Um, And that'd be great for us. But the amount of times we call and we're, you know, 43%, it's just it's such a disaster to be 43% right now. Like, isn't it? Uh, okay, well, here's, I mean, let's, let's keep yeah, going let's do down Play the path. Using, using all of the points that you made earlier, Adamo's the guy who might be disregarding ICM the most of anybody and using it against his opponents. Mm-hmm. That makes him more likely to be the widest. Yes. Um, you're supposed to play for a second or first here. Yes. I know, I know you're in position to get second, but it's not really that obvious that you're going to get second just because you have eight and a half million. The other guys have five. By million. no means. Yeah. You may not get third. I mean, Calling and winning is a big deal. You become the chip leader. Yeah. Is that a bigger deal than calling and losing? 
Probably. Yeah. It probably is. It's got to be right. Is 43% against the range good enough? And you're definitely so. better than 43% against the range. I don't think it is, partially because we're clearly better than the other two guys, no matter, even if, we're, even if we as Sam Sovereign acknowledge that Adamo's better than us. Yes, but they're, they, they have under 20 blind stacks. That, yeah, that is that it, mitigated. We, it, by a lot. Yeah. It does. And I would guess that everyone's probably playing sub-20 blind stacks pretty, pretty well. Right? Yeah, it's, and if you're here and you have a sub-20 yeah. blind stack, it's probably hard to deviate enough from the norm to be bad or good. To be bad enough yeah. anyway that it matters, yeah. right? Like maybe a little bit, but not a lot. Um, I, you know, look, let's come up. I think it's about frequencies with which Adama's been jamming. Sure. So if, it, if Adama's jamming 40%, like three-bet jamming 40%. Oh, you have to call then. Well, that's, I think, right around the line where we have to really strongly consider calling. Because if we give them all the aces, all the pairs... All the kings if you're 40%. Yeah, all the kings, suited connectors, other Broadway stuff. 40% is a lot, but yeah. he might be jamming 40%. Um, but if he's jamming 20%, I don't think we can call. He's probably jamming more than 20%. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm saying, that's, to me, that would be the thing. I'd, if, let's say we do it and he, he hasn't been jamming a lot. Maybe we think he's ramping it up, but we don't know. I probably fold. Yeah. Um, but as soon as I feel like I'm like, oh, there's a good chance he's jamming. I'm probably opening this hand with the intention of calling it off. Right. Yeah. Like we should know when we, when we put the chips in the pot, when we put the 725 in, if it goes full, full jam, we should already know what we're doing. Right. Yep. We have to be very clear about that. Otherwise we're just asking for it as sovereign. Right. Um, so I, I think, I think that's what we're doing. Um, it, maybe we have to tighten up a little bit on the button too. So we, we have more hands that we can open call with than we normally would because we're going to have I mean, too we many... Can't, we can't fold king-queen, obviously. Of course not. Yeah. No, no. King-queen's going to be an open no matter what. But, like, we may have to... F- like, things like... Uh, it, again, depending on how much we're seeing from Adama, if he's jamming a lot, we can't really open suited connectors on the button then. You know, we there's a lot of stuff like that we just if, can't open. If that's actually the manifestation of Michael Adamo, that's a huge reason he's winning, right? People are playing differently against him and, it, and they're out of their game. If if that's what Jonathan well, Levy came up with as the strategy against Michael Adamo, I mean, it means that I can I can call his three bets though, right? I can call his jams a lot. Yes, but you're missing out on your greatest opportunity every orbit. Like a lot of the times, like there's a reason but, the button. But am I a, am I really if I'm open? I'm 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 knocking out some of the weakest stuff in my range against a guy who's going to jam on me a lot and play perfectly, basically post flop against me too. I don't know how much I'm missing out on. Specifically in these situations where we've got these two sub-20 blinds. This is stacks. so fun to me. This is why I asked the question. Yeah. This is what all of the high rollers are dealing with right now. They're exactly. like, what the hell are we supposed to do against Michael Adamo? How do we deal with him? I mean, the answer might be easier than we're making it sound, which is like, call more of your open... Open your normal range, call more of it. Yeah. End. Call, instead of calling, you know, 10% or 12% or whatever you're calling in this spot, you know, maybe... Le- actually, generally, it's going to be less because of those two sub-20 blind stacks. Like widen it yeah. if, if Adamo's shoving a lot. Like, now we're calling King 10 and stuff like that for 30 blinds, and we, like, have to shake our head and do it because yeah. we just have to. Um, and that will also... This, this is what we're going talking about before, this idea of the, the metagame with all this. By doing that, Adamo will stop jamming on us in those spots for the rest of time. Yeah. He's going to remember that we call them with King 10 or King 9 suited. Mm-hmm. He'll be like, oh, that's not a guy I can do this with. He doesn't care about the 20 blind stacks. So it costs you this time sometimes... Sometimes you win anyway, right? Yeah. But sometimes you lose. He's got ace three. You lose. But he's like, that's not a guy I can do this to. Mm-hmm. And he will adjust back. And that, that has incredible value for a guy like Sam Sovereign. You're going to be playing him for the next several years probably in these spots. It really has good value. And, and this is, I think I've told this story before, but back in the day, I'm sure I have. But, you know, we've done this for seven years. Yeah. What are you going to do? Um, so I used to play a lot of sit-and-goes on poker stars, like a lot. And uh, 
So I got really good at the bubble strategy, which was effectively, if someone shoves and they got you covered, you kind of have to fold everything, right? Like, that's yeah. kind of the deal, unless you're the shortest stack. If there's, a, if there's some very short stacks, you just have to fold everything except like kings and aces. And it feels stupid. And it's just what you have to do if you're doing it right, yeah. right? And it is the, the, the way you make the most money. But I was playing in these sit-and-goes where there'd be nine of us, and five of us would be playing, and we were all the five regs. We were all the five pros, basically. We'd all be playing in all of them. So, you know, we'd, I'd, be, I'd open up four tables at once, and the same five guys would be in all four, and then we'd populate with some other people would come in and fill out the tables, and we'd basically chop up those people's money, mm-hmm. right, over time. Um, so those guys knew how to play bubble strategy, too, and would be jamming. Basically, if they had the chip lead and there was a short stack, they would just jam pretty much any chance they could, right? And that works very, very well against regs who know not to call. So there was a point when I was, I think, in the small blind, and it went fold, fold. There was a guy with, like, five blinds. The, I folded to me in the small blind. I was the chip leader. The, guy, the big blind was a reg, and he had, like, you know, 12 blinds, which is a lot in these spots at this point. You know, and I jammed, and he called me with two fives. And I was, like, out of my head. I couldn't believe it, you know. And he won the hand, but that was immaterial. It changed how I had to – that was it. I was like, oh. I, I was like, why would he do that? And I'm like, oh. Yeah. There's so much value in doing that. Like, I now have to play completely differently from now on against him. Like, I can't do this strategy anymore. This great strategy. This sucks. <laughs> you know, so I started doing it too. Yeah. And it shuts everything down. And so you have to be willing to do it in the $100,000 World Series event. But if you're willing to do it once, you may never have to do it again. I think the problem, the reason that Michael Damo is so successful, obviously, is not just that he has some new thing that he's doing, but he's also adjusting to whatever they're adjusting to better than the other. So it's like you're playing a, an unwinnable game of chicken with a guy who's the master of chicken. Right. Like, how are you going to beat that? Right. He's, he's oh, just watching him play over the last six months. He sometimes checks back in spots on the river where I think he's going to bluff, and it feels like so natural to bluff. And he was going to get snap called. You know, it's like how, how in the world would he know to check back there? It seems like such an obvious triple barrel spot, you know? And somehow he checks back. And other times where he... Um, there's this hand which I have a link to, which I've, I've mentioned to you. I don't know if I mentioned it on the show, where he and David Peters in one of these, one of the Poker Go 100Ks get into a clickback war with Ace-5. They both have Ace-5. There's four or five left at one of these final tables. And Adam- Peters puts in 40% of a stack with Ace-5 suited, and Adamo shoves with Ace-5 off for like... And it was, it was Adamo who ends up being all in there. And, and Peter says a little bit more and has to fold his Ace-5. And I'm like, how could Adamo ever know to do that once Peters puts in 40% of his stack? Like, it's so insane that someone would ever... I would never try. You figure he's always calling no matter what he has at this point. But Adamo, like, is at that next level with it. It's so incredible. So this is what you're talking about. Those, like, adjusting one level past even the very best and continuing to do This is going to sound extreme, but but it's not that extreme now that we've seen the level of success. Because we were already talking about this about halfway through Adamo's current run at its current state. Maybe by the time this comes out, the run will be continuing still. Maybe. It's not... uh, That's that's certainly not out of the question based on recent results. I'm kind of feeling like he's one of two in poker history right now. And the other one is Stu Unger. It's kind of that vibe. Wow. Wow. Um... I'm not ready to go there. Uh, here's why. He has made some clear adjustments where it feels like it's more than just like a fish on a heater. To, obviously not a fish, but yeah. like pro on a heater, which we always, see, we always see pro on a heater, right? Yeah. Like we saw it with Bonomo. We saw it with, with all these different guys. Every year there's some pro on a heater. Yeah. Um, it feels like it's more than that. You saw the, the last eight or nine things, last nine events. You saw Ben CB tweet 
You saw yes. Ben CB tweet that he said six months ago, and this was probably two months ago now that he yeah. tweeted this, that the Michael Adama was the best tournament player in the world. Right. And now everybody's seeing it. Yeah. So the thing I need to see is Kenny... At some point, Bonomo is going to figure out some better adjustments, I think. Maybe he already has. But, like, I can't imagine Bonomo's doing anything but, like, thinking about how do I beat Michael Adamo, right? Because yeah. he keeps finishing second to this guy. Right. And, like, I was like, I've got everyone else's number. This guy, this guy has even my number, though. So Bonomo and his ilk, the Dan Smiths of the world, are probably all getting together and talking about this every chance they get, I would think. Like, when they hang out, this is one of the things they talk about, right? They're, they're, they're throwing strategy around. Yeah, but that him. doesn't change my analogy. Like, there wasn't a cabal of people that could do that to Stu Unger. Maybe they, there was, but they weren't nearly as sophisticated. That's not my point, though. My point is, if Adamo isn't able to readjust, counter whatever it is they do eventually, then that, will, that won't do it. Then, to me, it's like he figured something out, but then he just figured one thing out versus, like, it, I think if you're going to be one of the two best of all time yeah. tournament players, it means they counter you and then you figure out recounters to them and like figure out what the, what the flaws in that new response is and continue to put them through hell. Maybe not to the degree he's been doing it right now, but basically stay on top of the world for, for longer or near yeah. the top of the world. I got, he's, we just have to let him. I got to wait and see that. He's just the only player of any of these runs who has given me that vibe, that like that special Unger vibe, the like this guy's different type of thing. I mean, it's hard to argue. He's doing stuff we really haven't seen in terms of some sizing decisions. Yeah. Um, certainly takes every spot, but we see other guys take every spot. We see Stephen Chidwick take every spot. Yeah, right? but he seems to be the whole package, at least right now. Where no matter. What they try and do, wherever they attack, it's like those, the aliens in uh, the Tomorrow War, <laughs> where like, there's like one place where you can like hit them in the neck or yeah. something like that. And everything else, it doesn't matter. But they have like armor on their bodies, and they like show you the thing, and then they cover up. And yeah. it feels like he may have a flaw, but it's, uh, we don't know what it is. It's unclear what it is. And I don't, I don't know if people are going to... Sooner or later, someone's going to figure something out. You know, Probably. But, but we'll, and we'll see how he adjusts to that. Will, will, will the field catch up to him then? Or will he then be like, cool. Now I do this. I've been expecting this for a year. This is my counter. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. So anyway, yeah. uh, Savrol opens the king-queen. Yeah. Let's get to That's all we have. Let's get to the rest of it. (laughs) So Michael Adamo not going to jam on him with the 6-3 of hearts in the big blind. Just going to call out of the big blind 6-3 of hearts again. Savrol second in chips with 8.5 million. Adamo with 19.6 million. Mm -hmm. 1.9 million in the pot. Yeah. Ace of spades, queen of diamonds, three of diamonds. So middle pair, best kicker for Savril, bottom pair for Adamo. Yep. Adamo checks. Do you bet Sam Savril? I think you do for multiple reasons. Board. Board, number one. Number two, we think Adamo is shoving a lot, right? So preflop. We, preflop. Preflop. Yeah. So we can eliminate most aces from his range. Yeah. Maybe all. Maybe. Certainly most. Yeah. Right? So there's very little to be afraid of here. Yeah. If that's have, the case. We have the best queen. We have the best queen. How are we not ahead? We could be against queen three. We could, he's probably shoving three, three would be my guess. So probably. probably. And yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, we could be against queen three. I guess, I guess he could have queen three off. I'm not I'm sure. I'm not sure either. He probably doesn't. But if that's, if he doesn't have queen three off, there's only two combos of queen three suited anyway. Like, I don't think we have to worry about that. He's probably not shoving every ace. He's probably got some calls. He's got to have at least a few. Right? Yeah. But almost every ace, at, in this spot exactly, he's probably shoving. Yeah. So, I mean, this feels like a pretty easy, let's go for value, 
you know, and charge the draws, not just give them free cards to beat us and all the things. Like, let's just end the hand, too. It's okay to end the hand, right, rather than be put in weird spots. Well, but. it feels like the, the majority of the, the bet, if we're betting, is to charge the draws, right? Because we, we cover the queen. Yeah. The three is not a huge piece of Adamo's range. And the draws are more frequent, right? There's a lot of gut yes. shots available, Broadway gut shots and uh, wheel gut shots. No question. And then there's diamond draw. Yeah. So it feels like the majority of the plan would be to charge the draws. So if he's got a draw, he may not always call. So we have to call it off. Right. Yeah. And that makes sense based on the fact that we don't think he has many aces. All right. right. So strangely, despite the board being heavily in our favor and our hand being nominally weak, but actually against Adamo's range, probably somewhat strong. Yeah. I actually have come around right now to liking a bigger bet on this board. Oh, interesting. So how much is in the pot? 1.9 million. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a big... He bets so small. He does, but I we didn't get to that yet. But I, I, well, I you think... You said a bigger bet, yeah, so you it, applied it. With the underpinning of everything that we just said, if those things are accurate, of course, this is all speculation, I think a bigger bet makes a lot more sense because the majority of the point is equity denial and draw charging. Right, like if he's he's folding, he's folding anyway. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. We want to charge the draws a real amount. We don't want to make it basically free to see. Yeah. To see the like turn. One million into one point nine million feels totally reasonable. I agree. I think that's a great point, and obviously we're going with it. Yeah. Like, cool. Turn over your diamonds, and I hope we fade it. Like, yeah. We ain't fucking folding. Right. Yeah. That seems pretty straightforward. Do you agree with that? I like it a lot. I mean, so Savril actually bets three hundred seventy-five k, which yeah. is just a little more than one blind. That feels like, based on what we just said, feels really far off. I yeah. agree with you. Like, being able to do the, the, the quick analysis of, we almost always have the best hand. Yeah. And, and the draws are going to not fold. And we almost force them to, like, make an aggressive action, by the way, if we bet bigger, which isn't like, so bad. I don't hate if deuce five folds if we bet too much. And they right. Don't, yeah, it's fine. And I don't hate if deuce five shoves yeah. if we bet too much. Right. Either is fine. If diamonds want to shove on us, so be it. Right. You know, like... We are in good shape. We're, we win like 70% of the time. We'll take that. We, yeah. should, we should be really excited to take that and be the chip leader now. Right. And like hurt him, by yeah. the way, also. And be in great shape in this spot. We just have to be excited about that. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I agree. I think bigger is better. Yep. But he goes 375, and I can see in the moment why it would feel like doing that. I mean, normally that's what you're going to bet on this board, right? Like if you're not yeah. doing all the things you just said. Yep. And because it's Michael Adamo and he's Pandora's box and you don't want to open it and see what you get inside, I was like almost expecting him to raise with bottom pair here just because like it doesn't make any sense, but of course it makes sense like for some Adamo reason. But instead, he just calls. It would be like suicidal. He decided to just be a normal human and call. I mean, you figure Sam has like calling off all aces and based on what we just said, the good queens also probably and like big diamond draws, he probably is going to call off too. Which were, you know, 50-50 against those. Yeah, we're worse than 50-50. It's close, he's got, got over to the three. It's close enough. Okay, it's close enough. But, like, the range is doing... We're doing very badly against the continuing range. Yeah. So it feels like a pretty obvious call. We're just thrilled, I think, that it's so cheap. Yeah. It's weirdly cheap. It is. It is. I think Adamo would probably... I mean, if several bets one million, you think Adamo calls anyway with three six? Probably, right? Yeah, I think he does. Another advantage of betting a million. You get max value out of the threes. Exactly. Before yeah, Adamo's got all the chips, and he knows Savril's going to, like going to bet this board. He just is always going to bet this board. Yeah. He should have bet a million. I agree. Well, several might agree too, like thinking about it now. Yeah. I can completely understand in the moment not figuring all that out. Right. I wouldn't have thought about it until you said it. But like I might, 375 feels small anyway, but not, but I wouldn't have gotten to like, oh, he should bet big. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't have gotten there. And, but more than half pot on the flop feels big. It does. Especially on this board. Yeah. Anyway, here we are. 
Heading to the turn. Okay. Heading to nitrogen for all of your hopes and dreams We're to come true. Doing a little road trip, and it's to cyberspace. You know what we just did? What? We just sent nitrogen our 2022 schedule. Yes. For free rolls. I they're mean, not free rolls. They call them free rolls, but they're, they they're don't actually call them free, free rolls. rolls. They, they said in the email that they meant really cheap buy-ins. They're cheap buy-ins yeah. with huge overlays. That's they're, what they are. They're a tenth of a millibit, right? Yeah. So these days, it's like $5 buy-in, right? Yeah. It's a pretty good deal because they, they, they guarantee, guarantee $2,500. Yeah. And the most they put in at least 60% of that money, minimum. 40%. They put in at least 40%. At least 40% of that money. But yeah. in practice, it's usually more like 60%. It is. You're right. And the only thing you have to do to access this incredible value is use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up for Nitrogen. Gets you access to this tournament every month. If you don't use that link, you don't even get to see where that tournament is in the lobby. And, you know, maybe we'll post the schedule somewhere. Maybe yeah. on Discord. We should do that. It's usually the last Sunday of every month. There's one exception in 2022. It's December 18th instead of December 25th. So it's a little less than a year from now as yeah. you're listening to this. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's incredible value every month. And if you want to get value like Sovereign style in poker, this is a great way to do it. He should know about this, by the way. He, he would, probably plays. He, I mean, he's a value hound just like you. He loves it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, once you use that link, you also get access to other cool nitrogen promotions that go through us, such as March Madness stuff. They do pretty much every year where they put up free, free Bitcoin March Madness polls or uh, brackets where winners get Bitcoin and the entry is free. Mm-hmm. NFL Survivor Pool is going on right now. I don't know. Maybe it's been completed. It's week 14 or whatever. Um, I'm not really sure if it's been concluded or not. Who cares? By the time they're listening, it's way past. Well, it's certainly. But somebody made some free money there. Yep. That could be you. Use the link. They also have sports betting, casino games, all the good stuff on Nitrogen. We will see you there. Nitrogen Sports, don't be afraid anymore. Yeah. Except the times that you're supposed to be afraid. Be afraid. Be very afraid of Nitrogen Sports. Not of Nitrogen Sports. They're coming to kill you. Oh. What? I don't know if... They're going to kill your family. Is no, that I think, better? No, th- <laughs> Not you, just your family. I'm a little bit upset. And the oh. sponsor is probably a little bit upset too. Yeah. And it's because that was the promotion for next week. <laughs> I always do that. Yeah, you always do it too early. You get excited. <laughs> <laughs> there aren't too many sponsors who would be like, we're back for more after we're like, they're coming to kill everyone you know. But Nitrogen Sports, baby, they, they know we're joking. And <laughs> maybe that's it. We know you're joking. <laughs> Nitrogen Sports. That's a great logo. Anyway, we'll see, we'll see you there. Yeah, the whole thing. All right. 2.65 million in the pot. Ace of Spades, Queen of Diamonds, Three of Diamonds. Adamo's got six, three of hearts. Savril's got King Queen. Yep. The turn is the six of spades. Michael Adamo cannot be stopped. He is made to pair. And finally, we get to it. Yeah. Here we go. This is the thing. All right. Two pair for Adamo. What a deal. What is your plan as a Damo? Well, you know, the first time we, the first time I saw this hand, I didn't get the whole like, Adamo can't really have an ace. Yeah. Right? If we, if Adamo knows that and Savril knows that, and it feels like they probably do, since we're pretty sure yeah. that Adamo has almost no aces. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a pretty incredible card to look to p- put a lot of money in with, right? Right. We could have turned a combo draw. Yeah, or like we could just have diamonds and not want to like you know yeah pay a big turn bet and right. not have to and like see what happens and only get there twenty percent of the time or something like that. Um, we should be able to get value out of all the aces in Sam's range, you would think, because yeah. like what value do we have? We have so little value here, but this is an actual value hand. So I think this is kind of an incredible spot to try and get a lot of chips in, and you know 
Also, by the way, we can shut Sam out if he's drawing. Yeah. Which isn't bad. It's so much better than a three for all of these reasons. Like, a three is so obvious. Yes. A three's got to be like, ugh, not great. Yeah. Now, maybe because we're a Damo, we can get the same kind of value with a three anyway. Because he's like, I know you're going to make that play whether you have the three or not because you've got diamonds and you've got... But the six is like, feels so hidden. Yeah. It feels super hidden. Yeah. So the plan is to check race. Yeah. I think it has to be. Do you agree? Yeah. What a, and just kind of sucks if several checks back. We're not, yep. we're not considering leading. I don't like leading at all. Then he no. can just call. Yeah, I don't like it either. So Adamo checks. Based on everything we've said, it seems to make sense for Sovereign to bet again, especially considering the size of his flop bet. Yep. I will say when I first saw this hand, I didn't understand the decisions that are about to happen. I feel like with all the analysis we've already done, they all make sense. Yeah. Um, so like, of course, Sovereign should bet his hand. Like at the time, I was like, why is he betting again? Like, he, it's so thin. And actually, even when you watch the hand, yeah. just like, just before we started, you're like, several bets the turn? And I was like, yeah, I know. And But even just from what we got, like, of course he bets the yeah, turn. Yeah, but I, I did quickly come to, like, well, yeah. I guess he thinks he has the best queen and Adamo doesn't have any aces. Right. Yeah. Sure. But, like, it's cool, yeah. right? Like, uh, Adamo's got a lot of draws. He has basically no aces. And Sarvel doesn't have to bet the river if he gets called. Right. right. He gets to check back. He's in position. It's not a problem if he wants. Yeah. Which he probably would, I would think, without improving, is my guess. So Sarvel, um He's charging the draws, and he's charging the weaker queens. He's mm-hmm. probably folding out a lot of the threes at this point, but that's oh, okay. Yeah. That's fine. Who yeah. cares? It's fine. So he bets $1.2 million, about half pot. Little. I would want to bet a little more once again. Like 1.7 or something? It's 2.65 in there. Yeah, at least like 1.4, yeah. 1.5. But whatever. This is probably nitpicky, and who cares? Yeah. It's one blind difference. I'm basically saying one more blind. So he's getting four blocks. All right, Sam Savro, welcome to hell. Michael Adama moves in for 7.4 million. I mean, of course he does, right? Like, this is incredible. It looks like you, you almost always have a draw here. How do you yeah. have value? It's so hard. You have queen six, six three, queen three. Slow played queen three, yeah. And the queen three and the queen six might have to be suited. And so there are... Six three probably has only to be so many. too. Like it might oh, yeah, that's right. There's only... And those are... They're all... Well, the queen and the three are the same. So the, from, from Adamo's point of view, there's three combos of queen three, there's two combos of queen six, and there's two combos of six three. That's it. There's five combos of obvious value. Yeah. And a million draws. What a spot. If Sam has anything, he may have to call. Yeah. This is incredible. If Sam has an ace, he absolutely has to call off here, right? Uh, several absolutely has to call with his hand. Yeah. Based on our analysis, of course with he king does. queen, he has to call. 100%. There's not much else to say. I thought we were going to have to talk about this a lot. I thought this was a huge, intense thing. I thought several betting, Adamo shipping, and several calling, because of course he calls, uh, were all going to be really fascinating, long discussions, and it turns out they aren't at all, because there's just so little value here for Adamo. Adamo knows there's a little bit, only a little bit of value, so he jams. Salvo does go into the tank. I think part of it is because he's like, doesn't Adamo know that he's got almost no value here? And yeah. of course I'm going to call with anything real. Then, but then you could be like, but he is going to have some bluffs yeah. anyway. And maybe he's just trying to put ICM pressure on me, which he does a lot. And like, you know, like, how do I, uh, I hate to call off here. Like, who wants to call off, you know? But you absolutely have to. I think and, you have to. I mean, you have plenty of better hands than this in your range from a distribution perspective if you're sovereign. Oh, of course. But yeah. who cares? Yeah. It doesn't matter based on the situation, right? If, if we didn't think Adamo was jamming almost all his aces, everything's different. But... Yeah. But... It's an easy call. Honestly, it's an easy... I mean, it's not easy because of the situation. We're second in chips still. We still have seven and a half million. Like, well, we have 6.2 now remaining. I mean, we're barely second in chips. Yeah. And 
not by I mean we have twenty blinds. That's another reason to call, blinds. I guess. Like if we yeah. call if we call and win, huge deal. Same as pre flop, huge deal. Yeah, we're gonna have like seventeen and a half or eighteen million in chips are gonna be the clear chip leader. Us and Adamo aren't gonna change places, but it won't be wildly different than that. We'll have like eighteen, he'll have like eleven. Yeah. The other guys will be short. Now we can try and win this tournament. We can we can put the gap. Now we have an actual pass. quarter of a like a, uh, we actually have twenty our actual twenty five percent to win the tournament now if we actually <laughs> win because Adamo still has like sixty. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So yeah, so it's interesting that yeah it goes check, bet, shove, call, and I don't see any other way this could have gone. Yeah. If you guys have questions, ask on Discord because based on all of our previous analysis, now this feels like we're just doing perfunctory shit. This is obvious. Yeah, we could talk it through, but the. The solver's going to struggle with this because the solver's not going to understand the preflop situation. Well, I mean... Oh, no, I guess we can remove that stuff from his range. I take it back. Yeah. If we don't have aces in his range, then the solver will understand it. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. The I'm going to send a follow-up email to Wesley actually saying, like, hey, yeah. when you do this work, can you yeah. uh, do two, two runs, two sims, one, one with your normal ranges that you use for the big blind and one where you remove 90% of aces from Adamo's range? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Maybe to even more. I mean, it's possible Adamo's literally shoving all aces here, right? It's quite possible. Totally reasonable. 90% seems like a lot, though. That seems funny. 90% is a lot. Yeah. You would think you'd want to call and have a little bit of that just to keep Sabro on his uh, defenses a little bit in these kinds of spots, but maybe it's just more valuable just to shove and pick up the pot and demoralize everyone, you know, and just grind everyone down. That may be... Probably Adamo's never going to do anything 100% of the time. No, right? He's probably course. too good to do anything 100%, but it's got to be at least 90. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Great. Um. Well, maybe we'll maybe we'll phrase it differently. We'll say, uh, "What if what if we remove the top forty percent of Adamo's range because he's shoving all of that that type of?" Thing? Oh, okay, that'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. I like that. Uh, well, before we get to the solver, which we will in a second, we'll let you know that the river was the king of spades. Oh yeah, so Sam calls and gets there. He doubles up, and uh, Michael Adamo wins the tournament. It doesn't matter. Michael Adamo still wins the tournament. Yeah, it doesn't matter at all. Sam gets everything. He loses. It. Although I will say. Adamo gets it in against Sam, where they're still four-handed, Jack-10 against Ace-Jack and Rivers at 10. Ah. So that was interesting, right? And, and Sam's just got to be like, I mean, come on, man. <laughs> it's got to yeah. feel like a little unfair when stuff like that happens. But, of course, everyone gets lucky. Did Savrol end up finishing second? Uh, he does not. Oh. He finishes third. Uh, second place is to Kevin Rabichow. Obviously. Obviously, Rabichow. Kevin Rabichow, who um, got most of his uh, hand in is this event. He is $1.2 million from this event and less than $2 million total. Well, he obviously plays some bigger buy-in stuff. Drap it up a little bit. You know, credit to Sovereign for most yes. of how he played the hand. I don't like his sizing on the flop especially, but like overall, I think he really figured it out the way that I would have liked to had I had the wherewithal to do it in the moment. Yep. I, I really like it. And you know... Savril goes into this whole tank thing. Maybe tanking is actually part of the plan to make it look like this is harder than it is. Like, yeah. you talk about doing this against guys like Andy right. and stuff like that, right? Where it's like, we don't want Adamo. We like Adamo's kind of face up here, right? With he's got a few value hands and everything else is bluffs. We want him to think this is hard even when we've got this hand, yeah. right? So that way he keeps doing this shit and we maybe we can keep it bluff heavy. If we call right away, he's going to stop bluffing us in this spot. It's going to be harder for us. Yeah. So we're not going to get as many chips. So maybe that's even uh, tactical. Maybe it is. Speaking of tactical, let's see what the solver had to say. Okay. That damn solver, get off my lawn. That's what I'm going to be saying, because we've just looked at uh, the solver analysis by Wesley, and I feel like an old man, because once again, 
I disagree with the youngsters and their solving. Get, get your hot rods and your jazz music. Get out of my town. <laughs> With all your darn GTO and you're calling with the top pair, even though the guy looks funny? How dare you? <laughs> looks funny? Yeah, you know when a guy looks funny. What is, what is that code for exactly, Grant? I'll leave that to the <laughs> solver. <laughs> uh, well, who is our solver this time around? Wesley Cannon. Oh. So Wesley Cannon, tell us what the solver means when it says looks, looks funny. funny. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is a fascinating hand, so let's get to okay. what the solver spit out here. Um, on the flop, the, sol- the solver does like Savril's bet. It's hard to have Savril in a solver hand. Oh, it's going to ruin. Grow up, man. Fine. You say Savril, solver. Savril, solver, solver, Savril. Yeah, I it's going it. well. I did it perfectly. <laughs> yeah, you did, you did great. Savril. Uh, Adamo can continue with any pair or any draw. Uh, he only raises, he doesn't raise much on this, on this board, but he raises his weakest gut shots and some top pair, which actually kind of fits in with our point that even if, Adamo isn't jamming some aces preflop. We can remove some now if he's raising some top pair mm-hmm. from Savril's perspective. Yeah. Which is interesting considering what the solver later says. Because this seems to support the theory that Savril did okay in this hand. But the solver is like, what are you talking about with Alon, Sam Savril? What are you doing with that jazz music? You Sam. are an idiot. <laughs> Sam. <laughs> it hates what Savril did. Um, it doesn't, doesn't want him to bet this hand. It wants him to only bet king queen if he has the queen of spades. Yeah. Uh, so he wants him to check his actual combo. We totally, of course, got Savril's bet. We understand what he's doing. Sure. He wants Adamo to shove 100% of the time. That, that, sure. Of course. Um, and this is apparently the worst hand he can do it with, with, which makes some sense, too. Mm -hmm. Um, and it really wants Savril to fold this hand. It really wants him to fold this hand. But what about the thing where Adamo is going to check raise with top pair a lot on the flop? Or, by the way, just jam all his aces pre because of the spot. You yeah. Know, which feels like, does he even have many, many slash any aces here at all? And These damn solvers with seems- their willick wonkets and their jimity jams, <laughs> and they all think they know better than me because they got a little computer in their pocket, and they don't know anything. I was in the war. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's how i feel i i understand do you I feel, feel that way also? i, I kind of do i feel like the solver doesn't get it which yeah. is the solver's like fuck you i don't get it you don't get it yeah you non-computer yeah but i is, feel like the solver doesn't get what's happening here this is basically <laughs> like elia lesra calling off with a straight yes. and tom dwan looking at him and just being like exactly what are you doing <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the solver is tom dwan sadly and we're ellie yeah case. unfortunately that, that is true but it feels so wrong it you know what and the truth is like Although these guys may be trying to play close to solver perfect, maybe. Yeah. I don't know if that's even true necessarily. Um, they're going to be exploitative as much as they can be. Adamo clearly plays an exploitative style. He's running over everyone, yeah. right? Um, so, like, we have to adjust for that. And maybe yep. the solver can't adjust enough. Well, we tried to adjust. We actually asked Wesley a follow-up question yes, to, to remove the top 33% of Adamo's range, just assuming he's shoving with a ton of hands, the top 33% just because of the situation at the final table. Yeah, right? it's a huge, incredibly lucrative situation. Right, which Adamo jam. might be doing these types of things. This might be part of his magic, right? So yeah. let's assume he is for a second. So even if we remove that, it does change things a little bit. Savril can now go for value on the turn with the hand that he has. But still, the solver wants to fold if jammed on. Yeah. Which is like, do you... It's one, well, it's what? one of the... I think from the solver's point of view, it's like one of the worst hands it can show up with here. It, well, it can go down bad. to queen nine. Okay. But you're betting all your aces, yeah. right? So you can call with all those and you yeah. can fold your... 
yeah. the queens, I guess, is what the solver's thinking, right? Right. But, but, but how many values, combo values, value combos, Yeah. how many value combos does Adamo have at that point? I mean, that means he's probably not jamming pocket three, or he probably is jamming pocket threes preflop. I think oh, it was yeah, for even. sure, for so, sure. So he's got just six three, that's it? Like, well, wait, does he have like queen six suited? Is he in the, he's in yeah, the big blind, Yeah, he's right? probably got queen six he and some, queen three. He has some suited queen, queen six and queen three. Which we blocked. And six three. Which we don't block. Yeah, it's really only six three, and a little. We block the and a little bit of suited. I mean, there's like two combos of the suited. Queen. When I was a child, <laughs> you get the newspaper and you get ink on your hands. Now you look at it on the internet. You sound sort of like you're doing a, a combination of just an old guy who and Bill Cosby. The, yes, exactly. I, I heard it. Do too. the pudding pops. Say pudding pops. I can't, I'm sure it's lost now. <laughs> and pudding pops. I just, yeah, that's you not lost bad. it. You're right. Because you're trying to do Bill Cosby instead of just doing the old guy. Yeah, I was that's just doing thing. the old guy. It was funny though. But I'm the old guy. The solver's wrong. They're all wrong. It it feels like I really love what's I really love about how both guys played this hand. I, I feel like Adamo understood the situation. Um, understood that Sovereign, if he had any value at all, was going to call here because yeah. of the situation. Because Adamo really can only basically have six three, right? And maybe Queen X suited, uh, and it's and he should have a lot of draws here. And so, like, I kind of love that Adamo knew that, and then Sovereign did think that through also, and ultimately made the call, and then got lucky because he did have some equity and uh, held on, got yeah. to win. Good for him. Bastard I mean, he still lost the tournament, obviously. Solver's an idiot. Adamo still won. I hate it. Don't, don't ever do what the Solver says. <laughs> I'm angry. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it.